Welcome to Tower Talks with Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast. And now for your weekly recap, a timely review of this week's top headlines and takeaways. Here's your host. Welcome to Inside Towers Week in Review. I'm Leslie Stimson, Inside Towers Washington Bureau Chief. With me are Sharp Smith, our technology editor, and Jim Fryer, our managing editor. This episode is sponsored by Inside Towers Intelligence. It's a quarterly market report that dives deep into the wireless infrastructure ecosystem. It looks at market trends, capital expenditures, relevant M&A transactions, and more. Intelligence is designed for managers, marketers, and investors. The 2022 Volume 4 is available now. In fact, John Celentano recently did a briefing on that. And if you subscribe, you can see it online because an annual subscription includes an exclusive briefing. It also includes online support. For more information or to subscribe, visit insidetowers.com intelligence. So Jim, you're gonna lead us off this week. I think you're talking about a bunch of people retiring. Yes, Leslie, uh, we're, we're taking the thousand mile overview here with this, this story where um, the Brookings Institute and US Bureau of Labor Statistics uh, that showed that 1.7 million infrastructure workers are expected to retire in this decade. And um, when they, Try to compare that with the number of jobs that are going to be needed in infrastructure. Uh, that you know, the the this is not a, a zero sum game. That um, the the people retiring are going to be at a much higher rate than the jobs there are to to fill. So um, it'll be uh, you know that's something that's going to have to play out over the next the next decade. And it's because of the the American Rescue Plan Act, Bipartisan Infrastructure Jobs Act, are all contributing to future jobs that that you know they're going to need in the pipeline to to complete all of those um, various tasks. Um, but yeah, so if 1.7 million legacy workers are expected to retire. The U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics projects that. You ten percent of this quote highly skilled and advanced employees working in infrastructure will retire each year for the next ten years. So that's ten, losing ten percent per year over ten years, and um, the projected job growth from new federal infrastructure funds is around one point five million new jobs over that same decade. So stay tuned. It's uh, it's going to be a interesting job market over the next uh, 10 years as uh, as people transition out and this industry is uh, has to really put on a put on a good show to try to attract people uh, uh, qualified workers into it thank you Jim for that comprehensive report and sharp I believe you have a story uh, about Verizon yes well uh uh, commenting on uh, what what Jim just said, I think uh, Nate is uh, is uh, has got the uh, uh, the worker situation in their sights, and they're they're working very hard to uh, uh, to promote uh, the industry as a, a source of new jobs and. Uh, uh, you can just look at the vertical freedom uh, 
uh, movie that they did uh, as a as a really good example of that. So I'm sure they will continue to uh, uh, to to do the the promotion that's needed to uh, to bring in those new workers. So uh, hopefully that's in good hands. Um, also in the future is hopefully a reason to have 5G in the first place. Um, we, uh, we've covered a lot of, uh, of uh, news concerning uh, the carriers uh, creating development centers for, uh, for testing uh, different 5G use cases. And uh, we're beginning to, uh, to see some of the, uh, the results of, uh, of those, of those uh, uh, they call them innovation hubs, uh, incubators, how, however you want to uh, to refer to it, and uh, so today was uh, uh, this week. Basically, we uh, 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 covered uh, one that's uh, created by Verizon and Centec, which is a business incubator based in Montreal, and uh, they they announced their first uh, cohort of companies that have uh, been working with Centex. Uh, uh, folks and uh, using Verizon's uh, uh, expertise to uh, to test uh, their basically a 5G and mobile edge compute enabled technologies. So, so what are they coming up with? Um, well, uh, the speed of 5G and throughput of 5G uh, is allowing a company called Cognitive Spark to increase the performance of its remote remote spark, um, it's a multi MR MR platform, which is basically mixed uh, reality, and uh, they're using the mixed reality to uh, uh, create high resolution video calls and near real time transfer of digital assets. Five G also is allowing a company called I fifty. To, to detect uh, process deviations in their uh, manual production operations. Uh, so uh, it's, it's one of those cases where, where 5G is allowing them to, uh, to make sure that the uh, production processes are, are uh, not creating um, defective equipment. A company called Haply Robotics is using the low latency of 5G to enable near real-time control of robotics with haptic feedback. Uh, haptic being uh, that thing where you move something and uh, and it gives you the, the feeling like you're actually touching it, even though you're not. Um, Smartcone, an IoT-connected ecosystem company, is using 5G to uh, move the processing and sensor uh, capabilities of its uh, devices up to uh, uh, over to mobile edge compute. And uh, what this does is it allows greater communication between devices. So as you can see, uh, whether it's uh, a lot of it is, is manufacturing oriented. Uh, so Taking the uh, taking the 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 the, uh, the shop floor, making it more efficient, and 
and uh, better able to uh, uh, to produce uh, high quality goods. Uh, Edgecom Energy, uh, which provides custom hardware and software solutions to reduce energy costs, uh, is using uh, the latent, low latency of 5G to monitor energy use and control connected devices in near real time. So that's, uh, that's another vector of 5G, which, which looks at um, really using 5G to cut energy costs. And uh, I think that that's, that's gonna be a, a huge a huge portion of what uh, we see 5G uh, doing is uh, um, it's fitting into uh, companies who are trying to cut their energy costs and, and nearly every company that wants to uh, cut their emissions down to uh, zero by 2030, they're gonna need to use 5G to, uh, to get down to to, uh, to zero greenhouse emissions. So uh, this is all, you know, really good news for, for uh, the wireless infrastructure industry because um, as they say, you know, if you build it, they will come. Well, uh, you gotta have, you gotta have something to come to. And uh, so uh, hubs like this are, are, are creating these uh, these destination points for companies to uh, to tap into uh, to 5G. So pretty exciting stuff. Uh, as I as as I like to say, uh, watch this space. Um, we're going to be uh, we're going to be watching it really closely to see uh, see what the what the future really means for 5G. Thanks, Sharp. Um... Getting back to Jim's story, uh, WIA is working on um, making wireless industry attractive to workers too. Um, both Nate and WIA are attracting veterans. So lots, lots going on there. Um, switching gears here to the regulatory news, the Bureau of Land Management proposed to change its existing regulations to streamline processes for applications and grants under its communication uses program, the changes would affect easements, leases, licenses, and permits. More than 35% of rural Americans lack access to broadband services with minimally acceptable speeds. That's according to the BLM. And the Wireless Infrastructure Association supports BLM's efforts. Um, it agrees that with BLM that by making it easier for the industry to co-locate in and on existing communications facilities or to build out new communications infrastructure on public lands, the BLM can play a strong role in increasing connectivity throughout the United States. Uh, the FCC proposed a $62 million fine against Q-Link Wireless for apparently violating its rules governing the Emergency Broadband Benefit Program reimbursements. That's a mouthful. In a notice of apparent, uh, apparent liability, the Enforcement Bureau alleges the carrier incorrectly claimed hundreds of thousands of dollars in EBB support through that program. Q-Link Wireless is a limited liability company organized in Delaware and based in Florida. 
Um, and what the uh, what the FCC was saying is that it claims something like 82 million in uh, reimbursements. The 4.9 gigahertz band, the FCC is going to keep it as public safety as the primary use, but it's um, updating the band. It's revamping it to create a new leasing model, model for unused parts of that spectrum. Um, in a report and order out last week, the commission established what it calls the comprehensive and coordinated approach for managing the 4940 to 4990 megahertz band, but retaining its locally controlled public safety nature. That's what public safety entities wanted to do. In doing so, we solidify the band status as public safety spectrum, while also allowing the secondary non-public safety use as agreed to by the public safety licensees, licensees, sorry, through a new leasing model, said the FCC. So there you have it, the week's news. And um, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Inside Towers Week in Review. For a complete rundown of all the week's stories, check out our Saturday edition. And we will see you in a week. Thank you for listening to Tower Talks. To subscribe to our podcast, our daily newsletter, or use our other industry resources, please visit InsideTowers.com. Until next time, you've been listening to Tower Talks from Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast.